So my cell phone isn't working right. Gasoline is $3.50 a gallon. My kid isn't doing well in school. Traffic is terrible today. My car is in the shop again. The toilet plugged up this morning. My computer crashed. There's a long line at the grocery store. And for me this week, the bummer of my week is I discovered that my $1 McDonald's coffee is now a buck 89. <sighs> we face problems, don't we? Turn to the person next to you to say, we face problems. We just do. We, we face problems. We all face problems like this. But there's something we have to realize. Most people in the rest of the world would love to have your problem, my problem, because our problems are rich people problems. Say that with me, rich people problems. Yeah, that's true. See, if your problems have anything to do with your job, <clears throat> your money, your clothes, your car, your house, or any other thing, you gotta say to yourself, I have rich people problems. It's true. And this can really change your life. It can change your, your perspective. So I want you to practice this with me. I want you to get so used to this phrase that it just becomes a part of your DNA. It just becomes a part of your paradigm, of your thinking. So I want you to say it with me. Here we go. I have people problems. Yeah, that was okay. Let's try it again. I have rich people problems. Turn to somebody near you and just look them right in the eye. Okay, just get that, get that glare going right, right at them and just say, I have rich people problems. Yeah, and then tell them, and so do you. <laughs> yeah, I have rich people problems. It's true. We have rich people problems. Guess what? That means we are rich. We're rich. Now, I know you don't think you're rich, you probably don't feel like you're rich. No one will admit that they're rich, but compared to the rest of the world, like we've been talking about throughout this series, we are rich. We've discovered that an annual income of $32,400 puts you in the top 1% of the richest people in the world. If you make more than that, you are in the top 1% of the richest people in the world. We talked about several weeks ago that, you know, who do we compare to when we're trying to figure out if we're rich or not? Do we look to those who have more or do we look to those who have less? And I believe scripturally, as Jesus followers, we have to look to those who have less and realize that we're rich. You and I are rich compared to the rest of the world. Over the last four weeks, we've been realizing that. And more specifically, if you and I are followers of Jesus, we have to admit something else. I am rich because God has given me more than I need. That's been our, our definition of being rich, is push back on the statistics and, and all the information noise and just look at this one definition of, do I have more than I need? And I'm, I think most of us in this room would say, yeah. And so if we have more than we need, according to that definition, because God has given us more than we need, we're rich. I'm rich. You're rich. We have so many extra clothes that we have closets. Did you know that most of the rest of the world, they don't know what a closet is? They have the shirt on their back. We have so much extra food that we have refrigerators and freezers. We, we have so much extra stuff that we have garages storage units. <laughs> We're rich. 
And because we're rich, we need to pay attention to some very specific things that the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Timothy 6. And we've been looking at that over the last several weeks. Take a look. Paul says, teach those who are rich in this world, that's us, not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich. There is our phrase. That's our catchphrase, our title for our series. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Read this last part with me. Always being ready to share with others. That's what we're going to talk about today as we finish this off. The Apostle Paul encourages us to always be ready to share with others. There's a certain kind of generosity that the Apostle Paul talks about, and he also talks about this in 2 Corinthians 9. He encourages Jesus' followers to be generous. Take a look, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. God will generously provide all you need. Come on, read it with me. God will generously provide all you need. The, the phrase, the word that grabs me the most is generously, that he's going to generously provide. And then there's a next word that grabs me, all, not some, not most, all, all you need. He will generously provide all you need. So he, Paul, is speaking about this mindset. We talked about this a little bit last week. There's an, a mindset, an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset says, I don't have enough. I never have enough. I need everything I get. I need everything I have, everything I make to survive. I know lots of people, and maybe you do too, who have this scarcity mindset. Abundance mindset says, I am blessed. I have more than I need. I can share with others because God has given me extra. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves, and we've been asking ourselves through this series is, do you think you have extra or not enough? Because that will determine how willing you are to be generous. That's what Paul talks about. So as followers of Jesus, we should be different. We should think differently. Paul tells us, God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over, here's our phrase, to share with others. Uh, should be a scripture up there. Can you give me a scripture? There you go. Okay. To share with others. That's key. That's important for us to, to understand that Paul is calling us to share with others. Not for me to hoard. God doesn't give me extra so that I can keep it, so that I can save it. And I'm not saying anything negative about saving. I think that's wise. Scripture also talks about that throughout the Bible. That's, that's fine. I'm not talking about anything wrong with that. It's just that we need to understand that God calls us also to be generous. So I want you to write this down. God gives extra to me so I can share with others. God gives extra to me so I can share with others. Come on, say it with me. Read it with me. God gives extra to me so I can share with others. Let me ask you a question. Why does God give extra to you? Share with others. Yeah, come on, let's do it again. Why does God give extra to you? So I can share with others. Yeah, it's important for us to get this in our mind. So there's a cycle to this that sometimes we miss, and it's, and it's in 2 Corinthians 9. I love how Paul writes this. There's this, this cycle. You can kind of see how it works. When you give, you step into this constant flow of resources. 
I mean, I mean, can we back up and look at that scripture again? God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over. So, so God is giving you this so that you can share. And guess what? As you share, God's going to keep giving it to you. There's going to be this constant flow. When you give, you set this cycle into motion. And so you're able to give because God gives more. And you give more and then God gives more. That's kind of the way it works. In fact, <laughs> I've discovered that you can't outgive God. He just keeps flowing with the resources. And, and, and so the more you give, the more he gives. And so the more you give, the more he gives. Look what it says in verse 11. Paul says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. So he's making you rich so that you can be generous. So he's giving you more than you need so that you can be generous. Hmm. So I thought it would be really fun to illustrate this in a very um, creative way. And so I've got a lot of containers you can see up on the platform. I've got a lot of different props today. One of the things that I've got is an active hose. Okay? You just saw that go across there, right? I didn't get anybody wet, did I? I might. But anyway... What this is, I want us to get an idea. This is God, God's supply. Okay, come to you in just a minute, Bryce. Okay, have a seat right here. So this is God's supply. And this thing is on, right? We already saw that. This thing is on, right? And so I almost got you. Did I get you, Kelly? <laughs> okay, good. Okay, it's, it's, it's Kelly's birthday weekend, so that doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so, so this thing is on, and this is a constant flow, like, if I, if I was to hold this, this down, it would keep coming, right? Right? We, we get that. So there's a constant source, a constant supply. So I, I want us to understand that, that the hose represents God. Now, what's interesting is we often live our lives like a container. See, we, we believe that, that God's going to provide to us and for us, and so, you know, we, we ask God, God, please supply my needs. Please provide what I need this month because I got to meet rent, and I, and I got to buy groceries, and I got to do this, and I got to put gas in my car and all that. And so, so God, out of his grace and out of his mercy and out of his supply, he begins to give us, right? And that's awesome. It's awesome how it works. It's awesome how God supplies. We pray more and God provides more. Now, here's the interesting thing, though, is what happens with container living is sometimes there's a limit to container living because I'm not going to fill that bucket up because I don't want to waste that much water. But how many of you know that, that if God continues to pour into my life and I'm this container, that at some point we're going to reach maximum, right? At some point, this thing is going to get filled up. At some point, we're going to reach the top, Right? And guess what? God can't pour anymore. Everybody follow that? When we keep it, when we hoard it, when we think that it is only for ourselves, we live container lives. And God can only pour so much into a container. Right? Mikey, would you hold that for me? It's very full. It's all yours. But I think that God is calling us to something else. I think God is calling us to be a conduit. Buckets falling, that's okay. I think God is calling us to be a conduit. 
How many of you know what a conduit is? Conduit is a channel that something flows through. Now, what's interesting about a conduit compared to a container, a bucket, is that there's two open ends, not just one open end, right? And so God is calling us to to be a conduit and not a container. And so I I wanted to kind of show us, give us this clear illustration of kind of how, how this works and how God wants to move and flow through our lives. So that's why Bryce stepped up. Bryce, would you grab the host? Bryce is God for us today. Would you give it up for God? It's nice to meet God here today. Yeah. And uh, he's going to be nicer than me. He won't spray you. I know. Sorry, Kelly. But um, what, I, what I need is I need some uh, volunteers. I think we've asked some of you to come on up. And I want you to grab a container right here on the, on the floor. I want you to grab one of those containers. You got 20 seconds to grab a container. Come on down. Come on down on the floor here. Okay, come on up. Yep, yep. Yeah, anybody else? Come on. Yeah, you can just set that. That's great. Thank you. Okay, we're going we're gonna to give you a very vivid illustration of how God wants to flow through you as a conduit. He doesn't want you to remain a container. He wants you to be a conduit. Now, here's the deal. Okay, this is going to be like a fire brigade, a brigade, a fire, fire line, right? So, so you're, so you're going to fill up at the end right here of my conduit, you're going to fill up and then the next person is going to come up and the next person, and we're just going to keep moving because guess what? The flow is going to keep coming. Every, everybody understand that? Okay. Now, isn't it interesting that, that, that all containers are different sizes? Everybody has, has a different, did anybody pick the real tall, the tall? Yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. Okay. Everybody has a different size container, but, but see, God doesn't call us to live as containers. God calls us to live as conduits so that we are generous in what we do. All right? Want to give this a try? Kelly's excited. She's already wet anyway, so it doesn't really matter at this point, right? All right. So we're going we're gonna to let God flow the source. Go ahead, God. Through the container, or through the conduit into the container. Yeah. No, 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 no. Keep going. Just, just change off. Change off. Ready? When you fill up, now you move. Move, move, move. There you go. There you go. Keep it going, yeah. Okay. Next. There you go, there you go. And it just keeps flowing, right? Next. Just keep flowing. Oh, I like that one. Look at that, huh? Fill it up, fill it up. Yeah, all the way, yeah. Next. All right. We can, we can get her wet a little bit there. It doesn't matter for her, right? Keep going, keep going, yeah. Ready, next. All right. And we're done. We're good. Now you see how that works? Isn't it interesting that we have a tendency to live like containers when all along God wants us to live like a conduit? Big difference is at some point if we live like a container, we will reach our maximum. Everybody catch that? We'll reach our maximum. But when you live life as a conduit, The flow continues. It's amazing. And I'll be honest with you, when you live as a conduit, it's amazing to see what God does in other people's lives. Because you have a part of filling up their container, their bucket. And it's amazing. And so I want to challenge you. That's that's the whole push of today, is for you to live as a conduit, and not a container. Thank you. Give it up for our volunteers, huh? Give it up for God. Yeah, over here. Thanks, Bryce. 
I know you want to fill in the blanks because I know we have some type A people, so let me give you the fill in the blanks because I didn't even get to those. If, if I live as a container, I keep it all for me. Yeah. And if I live as a conduit, I share with others. So if you live as a container, you keep it all for you. If you live as a conduit, you share with others. Friends, listen. God doesn't bless us so we can keep it. God blesses us because he wants to flow through us. And and I know that some of us in this room, we're sitting there thinking, yeah, but you don't know my financial situation. You, You don't know what I face. You don't know how limited I am. You don't know the kinds of needs that I have and that the bills that I have. Let me tell you something. If you think you are limited, you are living like a container. Dee Dee and I, my wife, we we have, for 30 plus years, we have seen God come through in ways that have been amazing. Now, I'm not saying that we uh, live with a a very high standard of living. And most of you know us, you know that we don't. Um, But God comes through and meets our needs every time. Let me give you an illustration of this. You guys were a part of this just recently. You guys gave us um, a pastor appreciation gift offering not too many weeks ago. And uh, included with that, you guys bought us some tickets to Disneyland and we're going to use and all this kind of stuff. But let let me tell you what happened. The remainder of that offering was $822, okay? The remainder. Here's the kicker. You didn't know this, but we had to put tires on my wife's car for about $800. So you paid for her tires. Well, actually, God did, but he did it through you, right? You were, hello, a conduit for God to supply the need for the coffees. Now, why would we need tires? Caleb already mentioned it. We, we go to Colorado every year for Christmas to my in-laws, and we drive cross-country. We drive, and we needed tires. In fact, we needed tires bad enough on that vehicle that discount said we no longer will rotate them for you. You ever get your tires to that point? Okay. Now, I say that to show you that we live just like you do. We live paycheck to paycheck just like you do just like many of us in this room. And so God is not saying, I'm going to make you incredibly wealthy and rich, and you can have a jet, and you can have all the money you need. And No, it doesn't work that way. He supplies your needs. But he does give you enough extra that you can then be generous. And so if you think you're limited, I challenge you. You're thinking like a container. And here's the challenge. I would challenge you to give. I would challenge you to get involved in maybe giving to Pathway Church and some of the events and some of the ministries that we're doing here, or give to some missions involvement, or we're going to see in just a minute, give to the water project that we're doing. I challenge you, if you feel like, I'm so tight financially, I, don't, I, I can't possibly give, give in faith, believing that God's going to provide. Say, God, I'm going to become a conduit, and I'm not going to live like a container. And let's see what God does.
It's amazing. I can tell you firsthand, it's amazing. See, maybe you can um, get involved in whatever area and, and experience how God wants to pour more through your life than any container can possibly hold. Jesus says, we have this kind of God. I love Luke 6. Jesus says we have a God of overflow. Look what he says. Jesus says, give and you will receive. Press down, shaken together and running over. It will spill into your lap. The way you give to others is the way God will give to you. Notice something. Jesus didn't say it will be given to you and then you can give. And that's a lot of the times that's our approach. Well, God, just let me win the lottery and then I'll give. Or let me get that promotion or that bonus and then I'll give to the water project, God. You give to me first, God, and then I'll give. And God's saying, no, no, no. Jesus says, no, it doesn't work that way. Jesus says, you give, and it will be given back to you. You give first. You make the choice. Something else that Jesus is telling us, I think this is a fill in on your outline here. You want to get this down. How much I give to others determines how much blessing God will pour through my life. I believe this. If, if you want God to pour blessing into your life, more blessing than what you're experiencing now, give more away. Now, I know that doesn't make sense, but I gotta be honest with you, most of what God does doesn't make sense. You know why? Because he's amazing. He, he wants to do, like Paul says in Ephesians 3, he wants to do much, much more than we can ever ask or imagine and so he's saying, come on, just get involved. Just give. See what I do. Just give. Just become a conduit and let my resources flow through you. What would it look like in your life if you became generous and started giving away and then God gives you more and then you give more away and then God gives you more and you give more away? I've talked to people so many different times that have said to me, I keep giving this away and it keeps coming back. I, I, I give financially to this and this and this and, and, and then my, my CPA says to me, you, you gotta give more money away, you, got, you need more charitable deductions. Wait, what? I already gave X amount, yeah, but you gotta give more. And, and, and so this, this person is talking to me says, I, so I give more and, and then it, it keeps coming back. And so the next year as I'm doing my taxes, my tax guy says, you got to give more away. That's God's flow. It's God's resource. He is the source. What if every follower of Jesus decided to do this? What if every follower of Jesus became a conduit? I wonder what would happen in our hearts, number one, that would then begin to affect our finances, <laughs> And then our lives, and then it would affect every person around us, our family and our friends and our coworkers and school and all this. But even more than that, if every follower decided to do this, something would happen in our city. Something would happen in our nation. How many people would see Christians and see church and, and their ideas regarding church and Christians would change if we became the most generous people in the world? See, you and I need to know this. Sharing my extra with others 
can change my life and the people around me more than anything else I do. I believe that. Sharing my extra with others can change my life and the people around me more than anything else I do. When I live as a container, I don't change my life and I don't change anybody else's life. To be honest, I really don't even affect them. But when I live as a conduit, I change me. I change how I view my resources and I see them that they're not my resources any longer. They're God's resources. And if it's God's resources, then it's a constant supply and it's an unlimited supply. If I live as a conduit and I allow God's resources to flow through me going into other people's lives, it changes their life. 